Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining me today. I have a very special guest all the way from Jordan. His name is Mohammed Al-Kak. You know, he's going to talk about a really important topic that I don't think I cover enough in this channel, which is really what are some tactics and things that we can do in customer success to amplify the level of relationships that we have with our accounts. And so stay tuned. We're going to go into a quick intro. And when we get back, I'm going to ask Muhammad everything related to that framework. And we're going to get to know him a little bit more. So I'm really super excited about this episode. Stay tuned. All right, everyone. Thanks for coming back. As I said, I have Mohammed Al-Kak all the way from Jordan with me today. Mohammed, do you know, I actually been to Jordan. I think it was 1994. We went for like, I think it was like six days. We went everywhere, the Red Rock, but we actually went to some of the cities and we befriended some of the people that were in the hotel. And one of them took us to a coffee shop and we really got to see how things are. In Jordan, yeah. it was absolutely spectacular. So it's been a long time. So probably you have to think of another visit now. That's right. I can't wait. I don't think a lot of people know that there's actually a thriving customer success practice within Jordan. And so can you tell us a little bit about the situation in Jordan in terms of technology and customer success maturity? Customer success in Jordan is, is fairly still new. Unless you work with an international company that they have implemented success management, then your chances are really low in finding a local companies that they are implementing success management. But it's slowly but surely they start to look at the option and possibility to implement and to have a success management organization. And I was lucky enough to start with the success management a few years ago because I, I used to work with an international company. It's a software company where before anyone started to talk about success management, we were internally trying to build that framework and try to understand what are the methodology that we need to apply and to whom, to what level and what size of companies that they are candidate for, for success management. And coming from a project management background, professional services background, it was easily for me to pick it up because, you know, we used to do success management, but under a different name. Doing professional services is a success management, but under a different name. So I was lucky enough to be part of that uh, organization and part of that team to build the framework for success management. And, you know, I started to grow. And with all the contribution to the international community, you always learn new things every day. Absolutely. I feel the same way. With every person I interview, I learn something new. And sometimes yeah. things excite me so much, I start teaching it to all of my clients. And I create like this inventory of really cool things that I've been getting exposed to as part of watching my own channel, so to speak. So Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I always look at what's being shared in the community and try to take that and implement it in my way. Because not everything shared on the social media or on the internet is applicable everywhere. Because there is nothing fit all. So I always try to build my own things using the base or the foundation that is shared and that is distributed between the contributors of success management. I agree. That's very smart. Would you say that customer success in Jordan would be a little bit more popular if we had more content, say, in Arabic? No, I don't think the language is, is a barrier here because 
businesses are in English in Jordan, so the business language is English. What I believe is important here is just to educate the local community and the local businesses the importance and the value that the customer success can bring to the table. Yeah, we did the same thing here in America, I think, in the early days mostly you know silicon valley road shows around what is customer success why is it important to make that investment so it's just a time until everybody catches on i suppose yeah okay so you actually are very active around learning different things and really optimizing your own way of how you do customer success for your customers and within the companies you work for and today as promised we're going to double down on How do you manage relationship with customers to optimize that for achieving results and increasing the performance of your customer success practice? So yeah. at a high level, what is this framework about? Okay, so it is about building a relationship with the customer, not mm-hmm. on a one-to-one basis, but based on a many-to-many. A customer success is not about the customer success manager. It's about the company delivering services to the customer. To build that kind of framework, you need to have a lot of people involved. You need to build a good relation in different levels in order to increase your exposure, increase your potential or possibility to grow and to have more champions. Exactly. I actually wholeheartedly 100% with you on this. I was wondering, so you're going to introduce a specific framework that you follow Since you've implemented that, what are some of the things that you saw become either easier or change for the better? It becomes easier to build different channel of communication based on that relation level and that impacts the way how we present the value. Because you know when you present the value to the CEO is different than the way how you present the value to the end user. Mm-hmm. And if you have that different kind of relation between the end user and the CEO and you tailor your value proposition presentation to each level to the way that they see the impact on their day-to-day business it is an opportunity to keep growing so who are the success stakeholders that you aim to develop relationships with when you have a new account all levels so the way i look at the relation and building the relation with the customer is usually started with with this engagement pyramid i look at what are the engagement i will have with this customer and you know based on the customer size this framework can be used with any company size or any customer size from small to mid size to enterprise to strategic accounts and you start to play with the engagement levels based on the company size or whether it's an enterprise or a strategic or a small mm-hmm. uh, medium business so you start to think of the tactical level with whom i need to work on that level what are the outcomes i need to achieve there what are the value i need to bring who needs to be involved in that level once you define who and what are the outcomes you can easily build a relationship framework then you start to move on the operational level if i want to do a weekly or a biweekly meetings or progress review or success plan review what are the value i want to bring there who can contribute to that value and who can be in charge of that value love that no up level to the strategic relation on the monthly review or on the quarterly review or in the executive business review and then if i define all those levels mm-hmm. who needs to be involved what value we need to achieve what contribution i can get from those people 
then I can define the roles that needs to be involved in that relation matrix. Yeah, once we define this, we will be able to build a framework that we can we can share and present to the user. Okay, so I think the first thing that you might recommend somebody to do if they were to implement, and I think you call this framework the customer relation matrix, right? Yes. yes. So the first thing that you've done as an executive or a leader within your team is to define, okay, who do we ideally need to be engaged with and what is the cadence? And that's essentially the pyramid. I've seen something like that before where when we use something like that, it's to communicate and align expectations with customers. And uh, this actually is really helpful to mitigate a risk where a client is just introduces us to IT. When they just exactly. introduce us to the technology team or the IT team or the development team, we're really only playing at the tactical level or maybe the operational level. Once exactly. we have a pyramid like that and we say, hey, we, we have a quarterly alignment where we're going to talk about goals and objectives, resolving issues, or even aligning on business objectives, all of a sudden IT becomes very uncomfortable and they say, well, let me think about who needs to be here. Like you start adding higher level of executives into that conversation. But I think this is a really great visual. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes when we are introduced only to the IT Mm-hmm. I bring this slide up and I start to present and talk about it because uh, with all respect, yes, you are in, in a certain level of relation, but yeah. we need to grow with our relation. Once we create that framework, then we start to build the role-to-role mm-hmm. matrix where we define who are the, the, the stakeholders from our side and who we need to be from the customer side. Yeah, That help us also if, if we want to call for executive meeting. I don't want to invite the end user because, you know, what we want to discuss in the executive meeting is not related to the user. And if I'm doing weekly review meeting with the end users, I don't have to call the CFO, for example, right. or the business manager because, you know, they are not into that level of technicality that they can contribute to that meeting. So this matrix help us to define who needs to be when and what contribution we are expecting and what value we can present. 100%. When you look at the success stakeholders that play in this relation matrix, you actually go beyond just the customer key contacts, like the end users and the business lead. You actually expand that to, okay, let's identify who my advocates are or who is the commercial partner? So when we have the renewal, we are ahead in terms of just reaching out to the procurement officer or whatnot. Tell me a little bit about how you're thinking about that and how do you identify your key stakeholders within your organization and how would you recommend doing so if you're from a different organization, potentially the key stakeholders change? Okay, so from from our side or from our perspective, everybody is part of the success and everybody is responsible for that success. Each person we identify as a stakeholder in our engagement with the customer has a portion of that success mm-hmm. and he needs to contribute. So sales, they contribute, they started the whole process, they hand it over to success team. That doesn't mean that they are done. They mm-hmm. need to continue with the relation. The CEO, he needs to look after every and each engagement because you know it's part of his company success and his team success. So everybody has a part of the success and everybody needs to contribute. And sometimes we have the steering group 
running the executive review meeting because we want to build that relation on a higher level, not only the customer success manager always present and talk about the value. We need different people to talk about the value and different people to discuss the objectives and business outcome in order to build the future plan. 100%. And this is yet another slide where you actually talk about the success stakeholders. And I think you leverage that to identify, let's say, an executive alignment or really identify who are the peers in the customer's entity. So the portion in blue is your company. And the portion in yellow-orange here is really the customer's company. And you're essentially asking whomever is in the kickoff who would be the parallel person to our CEO? Is it really the CEO? It could be the COO that's going to be dealing at that level. So I really love that. I, I really, it forces the conversation. Yeah. Sometimes we get introduced only to the IT. And when you start to present such things and you say that from our side, we have CEO and we have VPs and we have all those stakeholders are involved in this project. They will look after the success of our engagement. And we need somebody from your side so we can have a better relation and and better discussion on the value we bring and the outcomes you are looking for in order to match those business objectives to our value we can bring to the table. So slowly the IT people start to introduce us to different people and build this program. Sometimes it takes more than usual to build this framework or to build this table, but it works at the end. And once you define those names and the first quarterly review meeting, you invite the right stakeholders and you show the value, they will start to call you for the next one. I love that. For those who are watching this video or listening to this podcast, the slide that we're talking about, first of all, thank you for providing it, Mo. And is this okay if we actually allow people to download this template and use it. Thank you so much. That's very generous of you. So we'll have that under our resources page on our CSN practice website and add a link to it on the YouTube video. But what I want you to be very careful about this is, even though customer success managers would use this or whomever is owning the kickoff call, probably, you can even use it in quarterly business reviews where you feel like the relationship is not strong enough to re-emphasize alongside with the first slide that had the governance model, just enforce the conversation. If you know there's like a significant change in the team members, reinforce the conversation around what is the relationship now and uh, adjust it, adjust it to your own company's needs. But this is something that a team leader needs to come and say, hey, going forward, we're going to have these conversations with the customers. And this is the slides are essentially the tools that allow you to navigate through that conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes internally, we use this as an escalation matrix, because if something at the customer success manager level didn't work well, and we need to escalate it to the upper level. So we need to look Mm -hmm. at who is the next level who can, you know, take this to the upper level to discuss it, cascade down all the, the outcomes from that discussion in order to proceed with our plan. Not all the success plans goes smoothly. Sometimes right. you have ups and downs and we use this to escalate things and make sure that if things didn't work in, in this level, it might work on the higher level. And you have different people to communicate to each other, you know, not only the customer success manager who talks to everyone all the time. That really helps in building a deeper relation with the customer and give us the chances to have different channels of communication. 
I love that. So really this conversation is about different tools that you can give to customer success managers that will help navigate a very important conversation around creating the right relationship set with the customer. And so there's one more slide that you provided us with, which is really just to, I think is is a great one to navigate through the conversation of how are we going to communicate? What are the proactive touch points that we need to set ahead of time? Maybe you can walk us through this. Yeah, so once we create this matrix and now we have the relation um, role-to-role matrix is ready, then we start to think about the next level. Now, Mm -hmm. what are the goals we want to achieve and who are the audience for that goal and how many times we want to do this for how long, what are the expected outcome? And this is something you, you can build for each success plan you have and share it with the customer. It's not a document that you create at the beginning of the success plan and it goes forever. You can update this on monthly basis or quarterly basis. Whenever you do a business review or a plan review and we feel that, you know, we want to increase our biweekly call, 30 minutes are not enough. Uh, This is a strategic account and they have multiple organization within the organization and you need to work with different people. So 30 minutes are not enough. Then you split or you do this call three times a week, not only one time or bi-weekly. So you keep update this document. This is a living document. And then you keep update this document. The expected outcome, if you define the expected outcome of each call, and after a few calls, you find out that, yeah, we need to better work with the customer to define new goals. Having this table or this framework will help you always to define the goals and keep it visual share it with the customer and they will contribute and they will start to add more to it. But again, this build a framework for you so you can follow. And you know that for this meeting, uh, we do a bi-weekly meeting. It, our objectives or our expected outcome is one, two, three. And we propose, even we create the proposed agenda so yeah. we can share it with the customer what you are expecting from us in this meeting. And if they want something else, they can share and you know we can prepare for it. So it's just give a better communication framework. Everybody is is aware of what is coming mm-hmm. and when, what and who should the expected attend. outcome and who should attend in yeah. each level of those communication plans. I love that. And I actually have a very similar slide on my kickoff calls. And like my projects are anywhere between three months to a year and a half. And I have this exact thing. And I agree with you. It's a very powerful slide. It, it aligns expectations on what is this meeting about? So they do attend. And uh, I also leverage this, like at the moment that I set up the slide, I already come up with plans on pre-scheduling all these calls. And this should be the call to action, in my humble opinion. When you're showing the slide at the end of the slide or the end of the kickoff, you should already either have very strong plans with whom you're going to schedule these meetings or already have them planted in the calendar by the end of that call because you're aligning expectations, they're agreeing to it, and now you're starting to have these cadence calls. If you don't schedule them and put them on the calendar, most likely it's going to be very hard to start scheduling one after the other. So that's a a good exercise to have is not just to say, hey, this is our policy, but actually planted in the calendars. Everybody's so busy. So 
this is absolutely great. And I agree with you. Sometimes we change it on the fly. Hey, maybe we don't need a biweekly call uh, next week. Maybe we could skip it that time. That's fine. But at least you had it on the calendar and you blocked sometimes with these very busy individuals. Yeah. And usually after this slide, when we present it to the customer, we usually present the timeline. And we include those bi-weekly and monthly and quarterly. We put a time frame that, you know, the monthly, it is the second or the first Monday of the third month, mm-hmm. we will do this meeting. Now they can change it from Monday to Tuesday to Wednesday to Thursday, right. whenever, but we just pencil it so they yeah. can see it and they can either accept it or propose a new date. Otherwise, it will be like a monthly, but when? Yeah. We don't know. So we build that timeline and we present it. And after the meeting, immediately we reflect that timeline into our calendars and we just send the invitation for six months. Yeah. So we don't do annual. We do six month planning just to make sure sometimes things change and, and between sometimes summer breaks and school breaks because they are affecting business nowadays. So we just put six month plan up front. That's awesome. This is basic, but very powerful. And I would say, I say basic because it's it's simple enough to do. You don't need a, to buy a tool. It's not a rocket science. But in fact, even a junior CSM that has these types of slides can easily talk about them. If you could just yeah. give them a very simple talk track and the kind of questions they need to ask while they're presenting these slides, they should be able to catch up with everyone very quickly. So yeah, absolutely. Mohamed, thank you so much. This was excellent conversation in my humble opinion. I think it, it's going to add a lot of value to customer success managers, senior customer success managers who wants to bring new ways of doing things to the awareness of the entire team and kind of share best practices Again, I'm going to add links to these slides as well as an Excel file where you can actually manage the relationship matrix that Mo talked about. And I absolutely think this is could be like a very quick win for both kickoff calls when you lose the executive sponsor or key stakeholders to realign who those are. If you yep. fall off engagement with a customer, the engagement becomes really low. They're not, they don't seem as engaged. This is a great conversation to have with those customers at that point. So all of these are so powerful. It's simple to implement. So thank you so much for bringing this to everyone's attention. My pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Mo, any last words in terms of uh, tips and things to watch out for? I think this is a start. Once anyone can implement this framework, I'm sure people from different background and from different industries, they will add more to it, but try to use this as a foundation and you can build on top of it. I'm sure you can build a better framework that suits your industry or your business type. I'm happy to help if anybody needs any help. I'm I'm always happy to, uh, to do so. 